Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hello and welcome to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined today by Noah. Hi, y'all. And Anita. Hi. Today we're going to be talking about Walmart, which is one of, if not still the uh, biggest employers in the United States and has a notorious history for treating its workers poorly. Um, Anita here happens to have been one of those uh, workers, not not currently anymore. I no. Yeah. Um, just to start off, like, how long did you work there, you know? Um, I worked there um, through college um, on and off for about, you know, four years. I was I was hired pretty much at a, you know, a site, a regular site. You walk in, you, you're going to put in your uh, application on one of these kiosks, right? And then I don't know what the process is for choosing you, but once you get in, they, uh, they have all these sort of hoops you got to jump through. Like, for instance, you know, you have to go get a... a drug screen that you pay for that is quote reimbursed in your next paycheck or if you fail it then you don't get it so it's kind of like i mean if you know that you're not going to pass it you just you won't apply it's kind of like the uh application fee for a college yeah yeah it's um you know it's one of those things where it's like it's just another uh, thing to keep people from from working there and they're covering their butts because if you fall down a, then they can blame you it's a barrier to entry yeah exactly so i mean it's kind of weird that you need to do that just to go stock shelves right mm-hmm. um it's almost insulting to they know what uh pay rate they're going to be paying people it's pretty insulting to start off with as far as working there goes they basically you know make you feel as uncomfortable as possible um at all hours of the day your shifts are often uh, changed uh, dramatically from each two-week cycle, and you're given mm-hmm. notice at the very last minute. So you go check your schedule. You can't make uh, time for doctor's appointments very easily, and they put you on, like, 29 hours a week, but it's all chopped up into these, like, five-hour blocks so they don't have to give you a, uh, longer, a break. longer break. And they, and then they can keep you from having other employment it's uh, a sad state of affairs but lots of places want to discourage you from working anywhere else mm-hmm. but keep you like desperately seeking and now this is the sort of thing i've experienced uh, working in a kitchen at least when i was working part-time is you know every two weeks i might have a different schedule and there, there would be times like months at a time where it would be fairly steady but that was at the whim of my manager right you know? and so that created an unpredictability that was unpleasant yeah and at the time i didn't even have a vehicle i was taking public transportation or walking so Mm -hmm. the fact that the bus came five minutes after my shift began made me so that i had to show up an hour early for work you know by bus every day and then leave basically after an hour of sitting there so there was always this extra time being put in basically sucked out of my life it was pretty miserable, um, even though I arguably worked in one of the better sections. I worked in the pharmacy, so um, I was. it was cleaner. The people were more, more team-like, more friendly, because you're stuck in this tiny little area with somebody all day. You're going to be friends, you know? And there was a higher uh, expectation of responsibility because you're working with pharmaceuticals and you have to know a lot about what is kosher and what is not. But still, I mean, it was Walmart. And the second you step out on the floor, um, you know, the managers are eyeballing you to make sure you don't look at your phone. So one thing I'm curious about is that Walmart has pretty infamous like orientation in terms of like Uh airing uh, anti-union videos. Uh, Is that is that something you experienced? One hundred percent. And they are creepy. Uh, They're done by the (laughs) they're done by a friendly, diverse cast of, uh, you know, bobblehead people that are like encouraging you never to think about joining a union because that would be 
that would be bad for you. <laughs> um, the way that they keep uh, focusing on this, quote, open door policy. Just use the open door. You don't need a union. Walk right in and talk to your manager any time of the day. And, and he'll and tell you no. Nobody's ever had a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll tell you no. Uh, is that what they've relegated the old Walmart smiley face to? I guess Does it so. appear in those videos now? <laughs> I didn't see any when I was work- when I was working there. They had a the little asterisk thing. Yeah. It was like kind of a flower star. That's thing. one word for what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Cat's butt. <laughs> but um anyway, <laughs> sorry. Not wrong. <laughs> Not wrong. Um so yeah, when I mean all of the creepy stuff you've heard about about their orientation is one hundred percent correct. They discourage any kind of like to the point of scaring you. Like they'll say if you talk to somebody you're not supposed to at the wrong time, you could be breaking a law and there could be penalties for that. Well Which probably isn't true. I, you know, that's it's so peppered with half truths. I mean, when you think about and this is not a knock against people that get a job there, I got a job there. But when they think about the kinds of people that they're going to be employing and the tactics that they use to corral them into not advocating for themselves, they're taking advantage of the fact that they expect these people to be uh, less educated, uh, probably not college educated, and and unable to, you know, really discern who's well, telling them the this truth. This is something we talked about last week, which is you know, a lot of these people might be working their first job at right. Walmart. You know, mm-hmm. when you don't have that experience, you. Aren't, you don't know better that, you know, some of these things might not technically be legal or right. even if you do know that, you might not know how to go about getting retribution or getting justice for that. Or you might right. not be in a situation where you can afford to uh, to push back against yeah. that kind of abuse. Absolutely not. I mean, I was I was sexually harassed by a customer and there was nothing that – there was no repercussion. They won't even ban somebody from the store who's a repeat offender who's – creepy to all the women who work there uh, and you know i i told my i told my supervisor as soon as it happened and it freaked me out because i still had to bag this dude's groceries after he said something really disgusting to me and i was just like because by the way you if you're in a department they will move you around and just be like oh go bag groceries for a while go stock shelves for a while you don't have a, a job job you know it's Totally at the the behest of whoever's you know in management at the at the time that you're there, but um, I'm not using that word right. Um, but <laughs> so I'm bagging groceries and I just have to take it because I told my supervisor and she's like, well, you know, what do you want me to do about it? Like, I'm like, can he be banned from the store? And she's like, I don't think you know how much money Walmart makes or something to that effect. You know what I mean? Like. We don't ban people from the store unless they get caught stealing like three times, you know. So it's not about treating the the workers correctly. It's and that family atmosphere you feel with your coworkers goes completely out the window as soon as it butts up against any kind of money or management. Tell me a bit more about this uh, family atmosphere and like the efforts they take to build that because they have these famous uh, like team building exercises and chants and the chant yeah the chant is real I uh, yeah if you are there at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever, I think it was eight actually um, you go to the chant and you listen to some crazy guy in a suit well not a suit but you know dress dress pants and whatever tell you okay let's clap together and let's talk about how this is our walmart and do do the wiggle and i'm like i I don't have enough and i have too many brain cells for this it was bothering me i'm like you're not fooling anyone that's not the atmosphere i'm talking about i'm talking about the war atmosphere of being in a you know in a bunker or in a in the in the uh, uh the trenches with people that you you know their family situation and you're both trying so desperately just to keep job and keep your head above water. So you know that so-and-so has cancer and is fighting that. And you know that so-and-so's kid is sick and it's really hard for them to get daycare. And, you know, these are all your friends at work and you feel for them. Okay. So when stuff goes wrong, you cover for them and you step up and you make sure that you lie about how, when they came back from their break late, they didn't. You make sure that, you know what I mean, so that nobody's cutting each other because you're you're literally just always fighting just to keep that stupid job. And, um, you know, 
I've known people who get sick and you 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 do your schedule so that you can cover for them. So I don't There's know. There's um, a sort of solidarity that forms in workplaces uh, that isn't about like bettering the company. Oh, we have to get no this way. done. It's about, mm-hmm. hey, this is my coworker. I respect him or her. You know, I need to do something about yeah. You know, I need to help them out. There's and there's nothing to get done. The the tasks are doled out and then you just you do them like a mindless robot. Um and for the most part, anybody who steps out of line is immediately reprimanded. Like you can have the nicest quote manager ever. And I will I will stipulate I've had HR people there that are absolute wonderful people, but they're just they happen to be there. You know what I mean? They're not the problem is, is that they they do break they break and bend the rules for the people that they care about who work for them, but the you know if the brass finds out you're in big trouble. They're subject know? to the same forces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd never say a bad word about you know my HR lady because she she actually stuck her neck out for us. But the problem is the system is. Um, it was such that when I wanted to go back to school one year and a bunch of other kids wanted to go back to school. They were going to, they, the crappy managers came over and said, um, we changed the policy. And if you go back to school, you'll have to reapply at the lowest pay rate. And, you know, for people that have been there for three years and got minimum wage, you know, they got raises, raises here and there, five, 10 cents, whatever. Um, you know, for me, I was up to making, and I know it sounds like a pittance, but I was making about $9.49 or some damn thing. Uh, what, what year was this? Uh, Just, you know, it was 2013 or something. It was it was way back then. So well, I'm, I'm just asking because yeah. back then the minimum wage would have been like eight seventy five in New York. Right. So, but, you know, those 15 cent raises, mm-hmm. I did earn those. And it would piss me off if I had to go backwards, right, just to go back to school. And all the other kids were the same way because a lot of people who worked there were only working there because they needed to get through college. And so our our HR manager did say, I'm going to bend the rules on this one and let you all come back next year. But there was no guarantee that that's happening elsewhere. There's no guarantee that there's a good sort of cop on the beat anywhere else. You know, we just happened to have one good lady who was willing to break, break slash bend rules for us. And every other Walmart I've ever been in has been really pretty cutthroat. Um, I heard stories from other management while I was in the office doing my little tasks and things like that that make your hair stand on end. The Buffalo manager came in one time and was annoyed that his store was doing less productively for about a week after there had been, quote, another shooting and, quote, everybody there kind of knows each other and is everybody's cousin there was a connotation of race involved. There was, you know, this implication that he was just mad that his store was doing a little bit worse that week just because people, quote, were always shooting each other. It's sick. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of cutthroat management that's really in charge. People who do not care about you or your family, even if you die. <laughs> so pretty scary, actually. One thing I've experienced in the last few years as, as like, the minimum wage has gone up is I've seen, like, like if performance review is in August, you'll get a raise to next year's minimum wage, and then you will be at next year's minimum wage until next August, basically. Oh, my God. So in other words, so the performance review ends up not affecting your pay either way is what you're saying? Not not necessarily that. You, you'll, you like, get an advance on the next year's minimum wage. You'll get that four months oh, ahead of time. Okay. It's um, – <laughs> but – when you're talking about like five, 15 cent raises, that has not been my experience in the past few years. And I, and I think there's something to be said for raising the minimum wage and, you know, what that makes employers do to compete, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so I can't speak for what Walmart is now. Well, and, and uh, at least one of the articles that, that I read in preparing for this episode, the CEO, whoever it is currently of Walmart, um, apparently has said openly that the federal government needs to raise the minimum wage uh, as as sort of one of these little look at us, we're the nice, you know, yeah. billionaires uh, sort of plank that they're trying to adopt. All right. But of course, the the necessary counterpoint to that is that nothing is stopping Walmart from paying all of its workers whatever they want. They're just mm. choosing not to. They have the money. Yeah, yeah. they absolutely do. Yeah. 
you you talked about that story of you know do you know how much Walmart makes in a year and it's like yeah they make enough to let this slide right mm-hmm. um, they also make enough that if they had policies against customers sexually harassing or just harassing people in the store then they could afford to make sure that that guy is not you know there or whatever you know and I've worked for other competitors I I spent a year working at Wegmans as well mm-hmm. it was. You know, they don't want union either, but they they do have different policies. They they operate differently. And I think it's because they feel a pressure by society, by by us to quote be better and, you know, raise the bar, blah, blah, blah. But still very anti union. They've got to make that uh, best companies to work for less next year. Right. Mm-hmm. And they make you read this book, hundred and ninety degrees or whatever the heck it is and they they've got all these <laughs> different policies, but it basically it's the same. It's in when it comes right down to it, they do not want you forming a union because if you did, then you would really be able to show your power. I'll go I'll go secondhand on all of this. Uh, noted punching out collective member Louise worked retail for a number of years. She uh, she couldn't be on on today's episode, but during that. She experienced all of these things that uh, you guys are talking about here. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was she had the thing where you know she'd get brought to within striking range of the minimum wage, so that when it was equalized, it was just you know a few cents an mm-hmm. hour. So yeah. it looked like she was still getting a raise. She certainly experienced how stores would have these cutthroat competitions and how managers would use very specific metrics to basically justify the message they had already composed in their minds. So they would, essentially, they were writing the email saying your store is doing poorly before checking any statistics or any actual performance to ensure that that was the case. They couldn't ban people from stores, uh, even if they were creeps, uh, all of this stuff. And while certainly she didn't experience, now she did not experience the anti-union piece, and I suspect that's because from the get-go, she was identified as a possible, she was, let's call it what it is, strung along as a possible candidate for management. And so she was being given, you know, leadership books and and constant promises that one day, you know, they'll find the job that... Or, or she'll take over the store or blah, 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 any of these things. And I'd, I'd like to jump in on that. They don't hire within for most of their management. Mm-hmm. And that's why most of their management is a bunch of, like, fresh-faced 30-year-old, um, you know, know-nothing pencil neck guys that come in. And they, they are really just – they're the cop on the beat looking for weird little stupid things to, 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 to annoy you with. And – you can never make that management position. They they go they come out of uh, Arkansas, um, where they're basically they're they're shipped in from whatever business school. They're taught clone to be form. a to- yeah yeah clone form. They're taught to be a total jerk, and then they and then they ship them out to your store, and then for the next first couple of months you have to kiss their butt because they're the new guy, and you're quote showing them a you know the the way that that our our store works and how great it is. And when you're working in a pharmacy and somebody tries to return a blood product such as like uh, needles or lancets or, you know, things like that, that's against New York state law. Once it leaves the counter, you cannot take it back over the counter. And one of our management actually got in the middle of this and told the pharmacist, well, isn't there something that we can do to like, you know, mitigate this issue? Like, can we give them some kind of refund or and she's like, you go ahead and give them a refund if you want to, but I can't take the blood product back over the counter and there's no way we can restock it. And the guy was like, oh, I totally didn't know. Yeah, because you don't know anything. You just you showed up in, in your, you know, button down and started, you know, you know, just telling people orders, basically. See, but but this cannot this cannot possibly be true because I recently started actually watching television again and I've been peppered with Walmart commercials with uh, people in cool blue hair telling me that there are so many opportunities for oh advancement God. in the company. First Aren't those of all, Amazon ads? No, some of them are Walmart ads. You can't have blue hair at Walmart. I'll tell you what, the, unless they change the dress code on, on me since I worked Yeah, there, those were Navy not. shirts. That okay. that was Walmart. 
you are not allowed to have blue hair or excessive any kind of piercings people can see. You got cover your tattoos. They're, they're very strict about stuff like that. So <laughs> what I did when I was there is I since the rule was you had to have natural color hair. I did the front blonde and the back brown, and I was like, what are you going to do to me? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, to get back to this, like, hiring from within, I this is sort of a hypothesis, but I don't see mm-hmm. why it wouldn't be true. It's just that I imagine that managers who have never worked the position below it are going to be crueler and stricter than, yeah. you know, that, those that's who That's exactly have. what it is. Yeah. It's, it's the same in any industry. Um, we, uh, I mean, I work for a school that can't attract real talent in terms of management. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sort of have to grab people who are either starting their careers or ending them. And so we end up hiring from outside a lot of the time because those are people who are not going to know anybody else in the building. They're not going to be receptive. They're going to be creatures of whoever brings them in. And that's who we're currently managed by. All of our bosses are people who either didn't work in schools to begin with or uh, definitely didn't work in, in this one at all. We want to keep them as far away from the school as possible until we hire them. I want to make another point about the different kinds of Walmarts that there are, whether or not you have people who are willing to be kind to you or whatever in management once in a while. Um, if you go to the Walmart in, in, a, in a section of the city that is predominantly uh, either immigrant or black and brown people, the quality of the of the of the treatment toward those people goes downhill immediately. I was in a well-to-do suburb, um, a place that was predominantly white. You know, uh, were you know working class, but really th- there was a lot of wealthy people in the area. So everybody there is like um, going to probably be able to loosen up a little bit more. But for some reason. And I think it's racism <laughs> that in if you come closer to a place where there's more different kinds of diversity and, and they're just treated worse. I, I heard a girl now that I'm back in the city living here, I heard a girl standing at a register to say to the other girl, I've been here. And then she gave a time and I checked it. It was six hours. She hadn't had a 15 minute break. What the heck? And then I, then the same day that I'm there, I'm looking around. Nothing is on shelves. Everything is strewn about. Nobody's. I don't see a manager in sight. Everybody's kind of on autopilot. There's, you know, there's there's kids working there, like you know, 16, 17 years old, that are running the whole store with no no help, no nobody to give them any kind of background. They're just um, flying by the seat of their pants. That's why nothing is nothing looks good in those Walmarts because people are not paying attention. And if your needs are not met, you're going to do a worse job, of course, because what do you care? They're not going to pay you more if you do a better job. And they're certainly not going to award you with any kind of upward mobility because, let's face it, if all the management is coming from out of town, there's no way you're going to get that management job. You know, working your butt off 16, you know, until 21. Forget it. You, you got to drop out of that job and go to college or something, you know, unfortunately. So there's no upward mobility. The, um, if you are disabled in any way, that's a you problem. You know, they, they don't really help out in, in places like that. I, I found that one of the only times that I've heard of them being kind to somebody who has a dis- disability that isn't, like, documented is as soon as my family member was diagnosed with cancer, she worked at Walmart, they they did um, give her a stool and let her work those registers where, you know, that's you don't have to actually do checkout. It's like self-checkout. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's, that's scab stuff. Like, don't ever, please don't go to the self-checkout. You're basically just taking food out of people's mouths. Like, if you can avoid any kind of self-checkout, just go to the one where somebody's actually working there. But... Yeah, I mean, I've heard people say, I can't sit down for five minutes while I'm on my shift, but my back hurts so bad and, you know, my knee is old or whatever. They won't let me have my cane while I'm out on the floor. What is that? You know, let the person have their cane. If they're an old person, they still have to work at Walmart. Um, Not everybody's going to be able to get door greeter as their job. Some people have to stock shelves. And and didn't they do away with the door greeter? position recently i mean uh, probably officially because they had some incident where somebody like punched a door greeter it was 
it's pretty sad actually, but you know, it's because the, the greeter is not there to actually be anything more than eyes. They, they're not mm-hmm. really allowed to check your bag or anything like that, but sometimes people get really intimidated by that. So now they literally have management standing out there yep. instead. And I've noticed, and they're, listen to me, I'm a white woman. If I walk through that thing, they don't even check me. If I don't even have bags, right? I don't have bags. I don't have a receipt in my hand. I don't get checked. But I see them checking black people all the time. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And I'll tell you right now, that's another thing that matters geographically because I live, the Walmart closest to me is also in an area of the city that is predominantly uh, black and Hispanic. And I pass for white. My wife is white. Uh-huh. We go through, we get checked. Everyone does really? because that's how seriously they're going to take it in that particular store. They're that worried about loss prevention. Which honestly is ridiculous because they write that stuff off anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, I, like it, it's just a way to avoid that. looking racist. I get it. I'm not saying it's, yeah. I'm not saying it's a great uh, carriage of justice Yeah. to no. invent a phrase. And t- to be clear, it's, it's black women checking other black women. You know, black guys checking other, but but for some reason, I can I can walk out of there with the sketchiest look on my face. They will never, they don't care. We're gonna take a little break here, but we'll come back and we'll talk more broadly about Walmart, like on a nationwide scale. This why it sucks. Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, We'll be back. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester. If you'd like to continue slacking off, you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined still by Noah Hi, and Anita. Hi. We've been talking about Walmart, and we spent the first segment talking especially about Anita's experiences working there, but... Um, I, I doubt any of our listeners assume this, but her experiences are not unique. You know, Walmart nope. is notorious for being anti-worker across the country and really across the world. Just to give one example of uh, a news story about Walmart, uh, this from last January. First paragraph is, two upstate New York women are suing Walmart over the company's absentee policy, which they argue violates state protections for pregnant women. And for those of you who are correctly noting that upstate New York covers a lot of territory, I believe we're talking Orleans County here. Uh, Albion. Yeah, so we're not far away at all from where we're recording this right now. Um, Continuing from the story, both of the women, Leah Klopp and Caitlin Hoover, worked at the Albion Walmart in Orleans County in 2017 while they were pregnant, according to the Democrat and Chronicle. Hoover and Klopp both say they were later fired from their jobs as associates because they missed time due to pregnancy-related medical issues. Both were hospitalized due to complications and returned to work with doctor's notes explaining their absences and conditions, the Democrat and Chronicle said. They say Walmart told them the notes didn't matter and fired them anyway. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that it definitely happened while I was working there, but basically people who became pregnant just disappeared usually. <laughs> Um, they just stopped uh, working there. Yeah, I know. So that sounds awful. You, but like, you make it sound somehow more sinister it, yeah, that no. way. Is, is that where they get the managers? <laughs> They're birthing the clothes yeah. in the back. Uh, Are you kidding? Delivering me? customer service and babies. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's just it seemed like a foregone conclusion, unfortunately, because the hours you have to hold are just impossible for anybody with kids or a pregnancy. Because they will dock you, well, they'll say to you, you have to have this many hours. Right. And then when you don't show up for your shift, you can only call through this ridiculous system. Like if I'm having a complication with a pregnancy, I might not have time to call in, get get like this routing number or whatever it's Mm -hmm. called, and then um, input that using my phone into the system to let them know ahead of time. And you have to have 24 hours notice or something like that. I can't remember how long. But you have to have certain amount of hours notice and a lot of times you just don't have that when you're having preeclampsia or something like that right. you know what i mean so i i heard in in one of these articles somewhere there's the thing about how walmart schedules its workers through some like massively complex algorithm that's like nearly sabermetric in its <laughs> level of centralization and yeah, of course, of course, they would put the onus on the employee mm-hmm. to call in and do all of this uh, rigmarole just to, you know. And, and that's 
should be the manager's job to yeah. you know, figure out you know who can cover, who can. Well, this is a thing we've covered on every Human Resentments episode and the number of other episodes throughout the show. Managers hate doing their jobs. The thing that they most hate doing is being made to do the jobs that they were chosen for, which I think goes back to the point you made in the first segment, um, that the reason you bring them from the body farm in Arkansas is that they have no ties to a store, no ties to the region, no reason to act like a human being. And when you ask them to treat somebody else as a person, uh, their reaction is not going to be one of solidarity or even respect. No. It's going to be one of anger and annoyance and hatred that they're being made to do anything at all, even yeah. though that's what they were chosen yeah. for. How dare you, peasant, you know? <laughs> well, the thing is, is you can't even call. There's no way to get a hold of anybody. If you have to, can't, if you have to tell them you're going to be <clears throat> late or whatever, the only – way to go through is through this phone system it's it routes you through this phone system where you have to press three to get this and press four to get that and then eventually you get a number you end you up have to input. talking to someone in arkansas to solve a problem that is five minutes away you don't yep. even talk to people the number goes gets sent to your store number mm-hmm. and then that number it, plus your employee number tells them that you're going to be, you know, are you going to be late? Check one. Are you going to be absent? Check two. Whatever. There's no human being involved. At I'm least losing neurons just hearing about this system. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes me crazy because, like, if you're sick, you can't deal with that. Uh, one more detail I, I want to note from this story in particular is that it's actually a fairly recent law here in New York that allows these women to file suit. Uh, there's a in 2016, New York passed a Pregnant Worker Fairness Act, which requires employers to make reasonable accommodations for medical needs related to pregnancy. And so so I can only imagine, like, how much worse this issue is in other states, which might not have the same level of protections. Yeah, I mean, if you are walking to your break, you might get stopped by a somebody that needs help, you're required by Walmart to stop and help them. And then you have to take time to go to your manager and tell them, hey, I spent two minutes of my break time helping X person do Y thing. And then they say, okay, well, here you can have two minutes more on your break or whatever. It's it's so convoluted. There's no way you can pump breast milk in that time. There's no way that you could, you know, uh, sit down and do some breathing exercises if you were really, you know, on the edge of giving birth. And I just don't see it being possible to be pregnant while working a job like that because there's no leniency and and the human body just doesn't work like that. You know, there's going to be times where you just need to sit down. And and if you don't have a doctor's note that moment, you you might not have management there that even knows about your situation because sometimes they'll just have people cover for people. They have no idea, you know, what's what they're just sent to a store cover for a while while the other person's on vacation or whatever <laughs> happens all the time no notice so they will not be accommodating for you and while pregnant employees may uh, suffer like the most acute form of this this is a broader problem throughout walmart across the country uh, reading from the new york times in 2017 a report released thursday by a workers advocacy group says walmart the nation's largest private employer routinely refuses to accept doctor's notes penalizes workers who need to take care of a sick family member and yep. otherwise punishes employees for lawful absences yeah is that something you saw? Well, the problem is is that it's all sort of a wink and a nod under the table sort of situation, unfortunately. Like, you might have a doctor's note, but then they'll be like, yeah, well, we're really busy right now. And they'll give you sort of this sort of look where they're like, this is your job we're talking about, basically. And that kind of pressure is understated, you know? It's, it's one of those things where you feel it and you can't really describe it. Nobody's going to outwardly say, hey, let's break a rule. It's your manager who has been pressuring you for weeks to just, quote, do things better and get better at your job and really cracking the whip on you. And then you come to them with a doctor's note saying, I'm, I'm sick this week or whatever, and I really need to be able to sit for two extra minutes on my break or whatever. And honestly, they'll, they'll just be like, oh, this is, uh, this is going in my think bank about what I'm going to be mad about later and how I'm going to punish you later. And, you know, you're not part of the team. It's it's all – it's not peer pressure. It's pressure from the higher-ups. Yeah. It's – um it goes back to this whole idea because they can't explicitly 
say, I'm going to do something illegal right now right. and refuse to make accommodations. Right. But if you choose to not require them, then that's an entirely different business. Right. So they, they have to trick you into doing it voluntarily. And yeah. unfortunately, in a, when you've got a company like Walmart backing you, you have... It's one of those uh, voluntary mandatory things right. where yep. you're right. expected to abide by something that isn't actually written down saying you have to do it. And that, again, breaks the law to do. Right. Like, But because they can't openly say that or then they might actually, <gasps> horror of horrors, be culpable, yeah. they have to figure out a way to trick uh, the employee into agreeing to something horrible. And, I mean, this is a company that uses outsized retaliation as a matter of course. When one, one meat counter in all of Walmart's yeah. 180 that they had, one meat counter unionized with a UFCW, they just banned all of them in yeah. one go. And I happen to know this because I used to have to transcribe to my eternal shame. I used to have to translate and transcribe radio pieces involving Walmart. Uh, they will, they now, because they've been able to do that, they openly lie about their products. Here's a random note for you. They will literally tell you that they inject their meat with water, which increases the weight, which means they can charge you more for it. They openly say that, said that. I didn't make that up. I'm not adducing it from anything they said. They admitted to it. Yeah, I mean, they're so big. Listen, I mean, if they want, they could shut down an entire store. If a store tries to unionize, that's nothing to them. And have. They are a, a large, uh, uh, like a killer amoeba, amorphous blob that once, you know, you could stab one part of it and it just like says, I don't care and keeps on slurping along. They really can. They could shut down uh, three or four Walmarts at any given time and stop union activity, and all those people just lose their jobs. They'll just hold their breath until they get what they want. And worker worker uh, solidarity needs to be nationwide and cross, cross uh, international lines in order to make Walmart listen. Because, unfortunately, you know, all we have is numbers. Because we know that even one full store full of people just is not enough. To shut down. I'm glad you said, you know, across borders because one thing with Walmart is obviously they exploit uh, their workers in their American stores, but they rely on a supply chain of exploited workers from across the world, um, the developing world. Um, The way they have cheap products is through poor labor standards, especially in, say, Southeast Asia. That's correct. And, And they don't particularly seek to abide by the rules that people are supposed to follow for making sure those standards meet a bare minimum of decency. There were um, there was a lawsuit accusing them of ignoring child labor laws yeah. um, not, not too long ago because of some supply plant in, I think it was Thailand or what, what have you. Uh, well, I mean, and, and once again, this is going back to what are we – uh, as the people of, of, of America doing to pressure them by via laws. You have to implement laws. You have to put regulations on them. They are literally screaming from the treetops, if you do not regu- regulate me to $15 an hour, I will ignore the $15 an hour. This is not about goodness of their hearts or feeling like they you know care about their workers. <laughs> None of that really even comes into play. They are, they need to be put into a box where they cannot harm their own people. That is our job as, as United States citizens and people and citizens of the world to make sure that corporations are legally obligated to treat their workers with respect and dignity. The kind of respect and dignity that we would expect from, from everyone that we know. And, and we should, that's exactly it. I mean, because otherwise, Walmart is going to continue to be allowed to control the terms of the discourse, right. which it has done this whole time. It, it and it, particularly among its employees, because it right. can keep them in a room and show them the anti-union videos when they yes. first sign up, and right. and threaten them with only seeing a grinning rictus for the rest of their <laughs> lives. You know, yeah. but would you? Because the thing is, on the one hand, you've got the CEO of Walmart going out in front and saying exactly what you're saying. If you regulate us, then I guess we'll have to pay $15 minimum wage. You should do that, because which is interesting. Mm. A CEO going in front of people to go regulate me, please. 
But then on the other hand, what they're doing internally with that is um, – so this is an article from Retail Dive. It's from last May. And in this was a pilot program, but my understanding is that it's expanded since. The program is called Great Workplace, which is how you immediately know it's not. Yep. <laughs> um, but basically, they're going to start eliminating internal store management positions. And um, they're going to create like all of these different new positions that don't entail any actual management fancy titles or anything. Yeah. It's uh, what is it like team lead, business lead, also known as an accountant from what I can glean. The, the impressive thing about this is they found a way to make eliminating management seem bad. Yeah. Well, because what they did is they they cut advancement, right? Mm -hmm. The one positivity of management to the extent that we are ever happy to mention it on this show is that it might offer a worker the possibility for advancement within their workplace. And now they have also eliminated that because it doesn't matter which of these positions you get and how much of a raise it is because for some of them it is fairly substantial. They're still going to be under one of these uh, cloned Arkansas managers. Right. The higher-ups yeah. are all going to come from the same place. It's just everybody under them that just got their responsibilities increased, their pay slightly increased, but not commensurate to the more stuff that they're going to have to do, which is a thing that, again, is common to when you want to make people do more work and you know you've got them by the, you know. First strings. Sure. You can only you can only cut things. You can only deny them things up to an extent. The other thing you can do is increase how much work they have to do without giving them the give possibility. Them a title. Yeah, right. The title, but, but not a good enough title that they can put it on their resume and then take and then make it portable. Mm -hmm. Right, because what the heck is a work lead or whatever? I mean, nobody mm -hmm. you can go anywhere else. You'd have to explain to them it's like management, but they'd be like, "Well, were you a manager? No, mm -hmm. I was a I was a guy with a ton of responsibility who had to make the schedule for for one whole section of the store." But also, and people did, you know, answer to me, but also I'm not a manager. It's, it's a shame because it, it's also a sham because you can't, you know, you can't change the wording of what this person is and then give them the, the most meager amount of a raise and then expect them to really feel like they're part of the team. It's not about that at all. This is totally PR. They are trying to make it seem like they're more inclusive and willing to hire up. Um, one, one detail from this article that caught my eye. Um, oh, this might be the same quoting, one I'm um, of. Such new business leads will take responsibility for finances and hiring and earn 10% more than traditional assistant managers, while team leads reporting to them, whose hourly pay starts at $18, will oversee groups of employees of about 10 or so. Bloomberg said. Incentives like lunch with the boss are earned oh, through the God. accumulation of gold stickers. And they bring that up later in the article. That's the most amazing gold bit. Gold stickers. <laughs> what are we, five? Um, John, this is a quote from the article where this uh, employment attorney, if I remember correctly, says um, – there's concerns about – this is where the quote begins – the potential loss of desirable shifts, the effect on employee compensation, the potential chaos of trying to get through the day with fewer managers, and the fact that the star system strikes some as a bit too much like their, like their child's elementary school class. Yeah. You think? <laughs> it's exactly yeah. what that is because a lot of what – You're earning stickers to yeah. you know, get points towards well, – and, and you're getting meaningless titles that right. give you more responsibility and – You don't find meaning in lunch with the boss? Ugh. No. <laughs> Can I talk about lunch? Okay, lunch, Ooh. lunch. Okay, so here's Is one this a thing. food? No? Yeah, Welcome yeah. back to lunching so, out. Uh, welcome, yeah, welcome back to this is how you do lunch at Walmart. First of all, you can't. You can't leave the store because it's just not enough time. So you're mm -hmm. buying Walmart food. So you're cooking in their, you know, microwaves, usually filthy. You're you're supposed to clean up after yourselves, but people just don't. Um, there's no time to bu to buy the food. You have to buy the food before your shift and put it somewhere, like in the fridge, and then go and get it. You cannot buy food. It's just no time. It's a half an hour. Plus, you have to go clock out before you buy anything. So you have to walk to the back of the store, clock, walk back, do your shopping, not get stopped by a single person, even though you're still in your uniform. Get your food and then go back and then cook it and eat it. And the whole time, usually they have some inane children's video playing in the lunchroom while you're just trying to relax and have your break. There was a solid month of Super Mario Brothers the movie. 
It was torture. <laughs> Literally one of the most panned movies of all time was playing. In, and it was playing in successively over and over. And if the manager came in and the volume was down, he'd turn the volume back up. Oh, my God. I don't know what the problem was. Can I just sit and eat in silence? Um, and then they did Nomeo and Juliet, which is Oof. definitely Oof. a movie you should never have heard of or seen. It was just terrible. So, yeah. And it, seeing this in 15 to a half hour increments for what seems like your entire life when you're working there is not a relaxing or conducive that is to a horrifying. Break, break environment. Um, I don't know if they stopped doing that. I, I can only I, imagine how much they're looking forward to the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's not go there. Yep. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, so, I mean, they do that and. No, they showed they, the old one in the lunchrooms <laughs> before they fixed it. Yeah, that's what they'll do. <laughs> Look at his face. Look at his hands. His teeth. <laughs> so then the other thing is, is if there's any kind of employee appreciation, it's stuff you pay for. Like everybody puts in X amount of money and you're pressured into doing it or else you're not allowed to sit at the table and eat with other people for Thanksgiving oh my meals. God. So Very this, school. Yeah. The Thanksgiving meal will consist of Walmart food. And look, I mean, you know, it's fine. You eat it, whatever, but you got to put in your five bucks or whatever ahead of time or else you can't sit and eat with your coworkers on a day when they force you to come in and work like on Thanksgiving. In fact, they they changed the name of Black Friday. Okay, by the way, this is oh. this is some in, uh, undercover stuff. Okay, Ooh. they don't call it Black Friday because it's been completely banned. You are not allowed to say Black Friday. If you do, you will be in trouble. Okay, they call it the day after event. Mm. That that's such a vague like terminology. No. Okay, the day after event is what. That's inside. a horror movie. Title. Yeah. The day yes. after is a movie about a nuclear attack on the yeah. United States. Yeah, yeah, like the what do they call that? The the day after tomorrow or something. No, it's just the day after. It's a 1980s movie about a nuclear <laughs> I attack. Not know that. Oh my god! So the day after event is also mandatory. If you do not show up, you are fired. And they probably Amazing. will not take your little note from your doctor either because everybody and their they brother would love to get out of the day after event. You stand <sighs> in your register at 4 o'clock in the morning and a zillion people, yes, you have to go, you have to, first of all, there's like almost a security checkpoint because when you go through with your car, it's better to just get dropped off. I've done yeah. this four years. It's better to just get dropped off and then walk uh, past mm -hmm. all this like security and whatnot. People are lined up. People used to get trampled to death in those, but they actually had to change the policy so that now they hand out tickets for big items like TVs and stuff, and you line up for the ticket ahead of time. Thank God. Because, you know, if you show somebody a TV for $200, they lose their minds, you know? And I know Walmart loved that hype, but it was because of the pressure of the people that they felt it is indecent now to have people be trampled in our stores. You know, it is unseemly to have old ladies be stepped over in public. And that's the reason why they started doing the ticket system and the lineup system instead of just this hog wild, you mm -hmm. know, suey and everybody runs toward the TVs. It's disgusting. Which was a thing that they also claimed from speaking to friends who bought into it, sadly, uh, which they also claimed people drove them to. That's the amazing thing. The right. defense was always that people were driving the bus Absolutely on not. crazy stuff like that. No. And, well. They 100% love uh, the, the, the day after event. Black Friday is their big thing. They know that people, you know, go gaga for it because they hype it and they hype it. Those are the videos the executives watch during lunch. Yeah. We're, they love the trample videos. We're going to take a little break here so that we can come back and have some time to talk about what a better Walmart might look like. Hey, hey guys, you know that feeling you have at work, that dead inside feeling? Bad news, we can't really help with that. Good news, we can help you waste some time at work. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYO LP FM Rochester. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. 
Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined still by Noah. Hi, y'all. And Anita. Hi. We've been talking about Walmart and the various ways in which they mistreat their workers. And we have not gotten to all of the ways. There are many more that we could have talked about. It would be a whole series if we tried to do that. But we did want to save some time in this episode to do our usual thing of trying to make things better, trying to offer a route towards something that would be better for workers and everybody else. So the question I posed at at the end of the last segment was, what would a better Walmart look like? What would that mean? I mean, instead of, you know, the obvious, which is a gaping hole in the ground, (laughs) um, (laughs) I want to, like, the problem is, is like, you know, you can't, you can't say, how am I going to make this smell better? I mean, it's just, it really is, you're just going to have to stop having Walmart and start with something else. A better Walmart is a store where it's locally owned and possibly a co-op. A better Walmart is a not a Walmart. I would even settle for it just to be a union store and more local control over what goes on in each franchise mm-hmm. Fewer body farmed. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I want think that's the first one. Actual coming. human yeah. beings. <laughs> if we can just get one thing going, like you're saying, the body farm managers bother me. It should be people who worked there who move up in the ranks. Is it so wrong to give that you know working mom who worked at Walmart for five, ten years the manager position? I, I think you were right in the last segment when you said that. Change to Walmart is going to have to come from outside of Walmart. It's going to have to come from laws. And famously, America's labor laws are much more lenient than other countries of Western Europe, for example. And that's partly because of Walmart in the first place. Yeah, Walmart has undoubtedly played a big role in shaping the laws of this country. But in order to make Walmart a more tolerable place for its employees, you would have to change the laws that allow them to do the things that they currently do. It means more states adopting New York's uh, rules about how you treat pregnant employees. It means more punishment for violating labor laws. You know, We talked last week that there's just not a lot of enforcement towards mm-hmm. a lot of these laws that are on the books, even when you, know, you can prove that they were violated. Right. Um, If you have a restriction or a law that says if you mistreat your employees in this way, the penalty is $1 million, but you gain even $1,005,000 from not doing that and just breaking the law, then they will be like, okay, well, we're just... Yep. We're just not going to follow that law because it doesn't behoove us. If we can take the hit, we will. And so in that vein, it needs to be severe. It needs mm-hmm. to be something that would basically shut down their supply or cause cause them to have to, you know, uproot and, and move different places. It would have to be so massive that it would actually hurt them. And honestly, I don't think that there is currently any laws on the books that they've broken the law enough where it would cost them enough money to stop doing it. Right. And the problem is you can't rely, you can't even rely on lawsuits to do it because if right. they become threatening enough, they're just going to push it up to the Supreme Court where a friend of the show, Neil Gorsuch, <laughs> will make sure that all of that goes away. So what you, you do have to legislate it, which to be fair is what Gorsuch loves to say everyone should do. Yeah, you have to have these debates in Congress. You have to have right. actual laws written delane- with their penalties delineated clearly. You have to widen and make more permissive laws relating to unionization. Right. You have to have an actual Department of Labor uh, rather than a department that pretends to be of labor. The biggest thing that would happen if you are already taking off the table, changing the corporate structure of Walmart, which is about as feudal as it gets for society, (laughs) the Waltons are just feudal lords ruling over their body farm. Uh, The the best thing to do with that is get Walmart unionized, which obviously is difficult. That's why it hasn't happened yet. There have been attempts that haven't really gone anywhere. Right. And you have – and because Walmart can afford, as Anita was saying, to wait it out. They are at this point more defined by their inertia than by anything else. Like they're at the point where they will stay up no matter how much you chip away just out of the fact that they don't want to move either way. 
There was a an article in Huff, Huffington Post in 2013, a headline, Walmart's War Against Union and the U.S. Laws That Make It Possible. And it makes the point that like a lot of what Walmart is doing to prevent unionization isn't illegal. It's perfectly fine mm-hmm. to yeah. you know bombard its employees with these anti-union videos, which in other countries might be against the law to yeah. like openly oppose a unionization effort in that way but yeah. you know they start from day 1 with that they don't ha- they don't wait until people are talking about unions to feed them that message yeah that's that's first day stuff that's orientation you sit down for orientation you're going to get an anti union video i mean this is the amorphous blob situation where they can just you know wait it out and and that's the kind of thing that I want to put a positive spin on this. I think that they are failing in that. I think they've overstretched themselves, and I think that the fact that their their products are lousy, not on par with a lot of other places that are offering real ice cream in their ice cream bars that actually melts, you know, things like that. I think that the fact that products are becoming more um, more expensive to ship up from developing nations, the fact that they are really showing their hand by by not having by having more self-checkout and less people being actually in the store and the quality of the service in the store is com- is completely shot usually when i go into a walmart it is messy it is not a great you know shopping experience and nobody's around to help you these are um telltale signs of a company that is in freefall and the fact that they're now just doing their they're messing around with the names of their management and doing all this restructuring this looks like the same kind of thing that went on with Kmart, except on a larger scale. And I think it's due to public pressure that they feel they feel like they have to change without changing. So they're failing. They're failing to change with the times. And people I, are no longer cool with Walmart's ways. In recent years, I think there's been like a, an ad campaign from Walmart. I, Mike Rowe does the voiceover for these where oh, he tries he to – such a traitor. Uh, you know, sell the idea that Walmart is good to its workers at touting, you know, $10 an hour or, or whatever oh. they've in- instituted as a store-wide minimum wage. And I've made this point about Amazon, the fact that they feel a need to advertise, we're actually good for workers is <laughs> sort of a victory, but it would help if yeah. they were good for workers. Yeah, that would be even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did they pay that guy? He's worth a lot of money. They're paying him to go out and say we're good to workers. They could just be paying their workers better. Most Walmart workers are on food stamps, Medicaid, mm-hmm. or or some kind of public assistance. Famously, Walmart, some Walmart stores have like donation drives for their own employees. Yep. And the ask their own employees to donate to those donation drives, which is circuitous in a way I don't really care to explore at the moment. One of the articles that we – Uh, that you shared, Ryan, I think it's from back in 2013, Mm -hmm. said that if Walmart chose tomorrow to pay every store associate $25,000, which is not a living wage, but we'll- $12.50 an hour if you're working full-time. Right. Well, you never are, so- Yeah. We'll we'll leave that out of the way for now. But Mm -hmm. that that would cost you, over the course of a year, it would cost the average shopper less than 20 bucks at that Walmart. And the amount of money, the amount of extra money in an associate's pocket that that represents, even though that's not enough and we should be striving for way more than that, just that much, the amount of extra money you're giving those people with a minimal cost to the consumer, it should make those barriers surmountable. But it won't because you have too few people in control of too much money and too many jobs around the country. I think at this point, and this is my natural tendency to want to go big on these things. What you really need is something like a worker's bill of rights. Right. You need something that is a positive right to form a union completely unobstructed in a way that a company is punished for pursuing anti-unionization efforts with heavy fines and penalties. Not this BS that we have now where like there's a gray area about whether employees are allowed to unionize within the bounds that Taft-Hartley has set or whatever the hell. There needs to be, there need to be positive rights for workers to argue for themselves and for and against the violations that happen to them on a daily basis. There needs to be some kind of positive right to ask redress of a company or a manager, even if that means like, I don't know, some Walmart shareholder in the middle of freaking nowhere who goes to Bentonville once a year, uh, you know, doesn't get quite as much from his company as he does now. 
And there definitely needs to be some rollback of the doctrine that a corporation's only legal right or only legal obligation, rather, is to increase shareholder value because without rolling that back, which no pun intended because this is an episode about Walmart, <laughs> um, you're never going to be able to get the other stuff past the stacked courts that we have in this country. I, I think that's a good place to end this d- discussion on. Um, for this week, I'm Ryan. I'm Noah. And I'm Anita. This is Punching Out. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. <laughs>